Episode 23, Let Y'all's People Go. In Joshua 73 and 38, Moses strengthens himself in the kingdom of the children of Cush. He guided the children of Cush with his usual wisdom, and Moses prospered in his kingdom. And just like clockwork, the children of the east and Aram heard of Kikiana's death, and they came back to settle the score. Moses gathered all the children of Cush, about 30,000 men, to fight them. Jasher says the war was so severe that Yah gave the children of the east into the hand of Moses, and 300 men were slain. The rest turned back and retreated. Moses and the children of Cush subdued them and put a tax on them, which was their custom. Then came Aram, and many of the Amrans fell down and were wounded. They were also subdued by Moses and the people of Cush and were taxed. And we see this taxation is taking place with the sons of Ham, Cush, and Egypt. In Jasher 73 and 48, Moses strengthened himself in the kingdom of Cush. Yah was with him, and all the children of Cush were afraid of him. Moses, he's following the wisdom of the Most High. He's doing everything right, and they're still afraid of him. And folks today are still afraid of the same people, the Israelites, back then and now. Joshua 74. Moses is now the king of Cush for about 17 years. He's using the gifts given to him by the Most High, relying on the wisdom of Yah, being excellent in every way, bad to the bone, brilliant, and people are still scared of him. It's more than the color of our skin. It's who we are. Moses is in his 17th year of reigning as a king of Cush, and three kings die at this time. The first one is Shaul, the king of Edom, and these are the people of Esau. Baal Shanaz, the son of Akbor, reigns in his place. The second king that dies is Angeas, the king of Africa. Asdrubal, his son, reigns in his place. Lanus, the son of Bilam, is the king of Chittim. He dies. And Latinus reigns in his stead. We know Chittim is the son of Javan. Javan is the son of Japhet. Jasher 74 9. In the third year of Latinus' reign, he caused a proclamation to be made to all his skillful men, who made many ships for him. The Romans, Japhet's children, were making ships in Moses' day. They were taught by the fallen angels. Numbers 24 and 24. And ships shall come from Chittim and shall afflict Asher. Remember, Asher deflected from the people of Shem. And will afflict Eber, the Hebrews. And he also shall perish forever. Now, if someone tells you there's no way ships could have brought millions of our ancestors, our people to the U.S. and other countries on the Atlantic slave trade, they're wrong. They were making ships back in Moses' day. The fallen angels gave them the wisdom to build large ships, as well as those large buildings and pyramids. It could be done. Latinus, the king of Chittim, and the Romans come in their ships to fight against Asdrubal. Asdrubal is now the king of Africa. The people of Chittim kill Asdrubal. So Africa had to appoint another king. So they chose Anibal, another son of Angeus. He also made many ships. And he goes to Chittim and gets his revenge. And he kills 80,000 of them. And then Annabelle and his army, they go back to Africa and they just chill. And at this point, the Israelites had been in Egypt or Mishraim for many, many years, like forever. They're getting restless. So Ephraim from the tribe of Joseph said, you know what, it's time to go. So 30,000 children of Ephraim, the son of Joseph, decide to leave. And they went out with a mighty hand. They brought no provision like bread or water, just silver and gold. The children of Ephraim thought that they could pay for food from the Philistines or just take it by force. 
the Israelites from the tribe of Joseph were mighty and very strong men. One could take down 1,000 men. Two could take down 10,000. So they trusted very much in their strength. They come to the children of Gat. Who is Gat? Joshua 11, 21, 22. Joshua cut off the Anakims from the mountains, from Hebron, from Debir, from Anab, and from all the mountains of Judah and all the mountains of Israel. Joshua destroyed them utterly with their cities. There was none left. None of the Anakims were left in the land of the children of Israel. Only in Gaza, Gat, and Ashdod there remained. We learned in earlier episodes the Anaks were giants. In the land of Gat are giants, and we learned that the giants came from fallen angels having children with the daughters on earth. Ephraim approaches the shepherds of Gat. They were hungry. They wanted to buy sheep and cattle to eat, but the shepherds told the children of Ephraim that they could not sell them any of their animals because it was not for them to sell, and they could not give them away even if they paid for it. The men of Ephraim were desperate. Okay, that's fine. We'll just take it. We'll take what we need. So the shepherds started screaming and hollering, and the children of Gath came to see what was going on. The giants saw what Ephraim was doing. They armored up for war. They even called for the Philistines and other cities to come and help them smite the children of the Ephraim. The children of Ephraim were not thinking clearly. They were exhausted, hungry, and thirsty, for they had not eaten in three days. 40,000 men came from the cities of the Philistines to assist the children of Gath. They fought Ephraim, and Yah delivered the children of Ephraim into the hands of the Philistines. The Philistines smote all the children of Ephraim, except ten men who managed to run away. Jasher 75:17. For this evil was from Yah against the children of Ephraim, for they transgressed the word of Yah in going forth from Mishterim, or Egypt, before the period had arrived, which Yah, in the days of old, had appointed to Israel. And the slain of the children of Ephraim remained forsaken in the valley of Gat for many days and years. And they were not brought to burial, and the valley was filled with men's bones. And the men who had escaped from the battle came to Mishterim and told all the children of Israel what had happened. And the father, Ephraim, mourned for many days, and his brethren could not console him. Proverbs 24 and 6 says, There is safety in the multitude of counselors. The children of Ephraim that left should have went to Ephraim first and asked them, What do you think about us leaving? They just left with no provisions, no bread, no water. And they couldn't even fight in the battle because they didn't even have the strength to fight. Three days with no food. 29,990 men of Ephraim died because they left Egypt before Yah's appointed time. Only 10 survived and turned back and went back to Israel. But keep in mind, they killed 20,000 giants in the process. There were still some mighty men that did some damage to the Philistines. They were just in disobedience and Yah had to judge them. Many of us from the tribe of Judah and the Israelites were exploring the thought of possibly moving out of the U.S., thinking maybe Africa or another country will best suit us. We're tired of the injustices, the systemic racism, police shootings, unfair wealth allocations with no reparations for us and our ancestors that built this place for free. But please do your research before moving to Africa. In Africa now, the U.S. military is in 53 of the 55 countries of Africa. Look up AFRICOM, A-F-R-I-C-O-M. It's a part of the U.S. Department of Defense. 
China recently built a $590 million military base in Djibouti in the Horn of Africa. China also has countless of investments in Africa and they've been given out loans left and right, furthering indebting the people of Africa. Russia has increasing arms sales, security agreements, and training programs for several countries in Africa. The number is not known as Russia moves in secret. U.S., China, and Russia are all descendants of who? Japhet. Genesis 9 and 27. Yah shall enlarge Japhet, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem. The people in Israel now are Japhet and Esau. And Canaan, the son of Ham, the Africans, shall be his servant. Personally, I would not move to Africa, but I would stay where I'm at, unless the Most High tells you otherwise. Because you may think you're moving away from Japhet, and Japhet is where you're going. Stay put and wait on y'all. Instead of buying a house in the city, purchase some land away from the city that's more secluded, like a rural area that's, you know, not in a flood zone, which is very key, and build a place of safety for your family there. Moses is still the king of Cush during the time of the war with Ephraim and the Philistines. He is prospering as he conducts the government of the children of Cush in justice, righteousness, and integrity. Our souls today long for such a leader, and that's why we need a Moses. And to find such a leader, we must believe and become that Moses by listening and hearing and obeying the voice of Yah. Moses now has reigned 40 years as the king of Cush. And the queen, Adoniah, who is the wife of Kikianus, who died, informed the children of Cush to end Moses' reign, for he is not our flesh. He is not our kinfolk. So Adoniah told the people of Cush to make her son, Menacris, the new king. And they did just that. Joshua 76, 10 through 13. And all the children of Cush were afraid to stretch forth their hand against Moses, for Yah was with Moses. And the children of Cush remembered the oath which they swore unto Moses. Therefore they did not harm him. But the children of Cush gave many presents to Moses and sent him from them with great honor. Moses went forth from the land of Cush and went home and ceased to reign over Cush. Moses was 60 years old when he went out of the land of Cush. For the thing was from Yah, for the period had arrived, which he had appointed in the days of old to bring forth Yisrael from the affliction of the children of Ham. So Moses went to Midian, for he was afraid to return to Mishra or Egypt on the account of Pharaoh, and he went and sat at a well in Midian. Moses is in the land of the Midianites. The Midianites come from Abraham and Keturah. They had six boys, and one of their sons was Midian. And this is where Moses is at this time. He's at the well, and these seven daughters of a man named Reel come to water their flock. As they're trying to water their flock, these shepherds come and start agitating them. Moses steps in and says, leave them alone. The shepherds leave them alone, and he proceeds to help the seven daughters of Reel water their flock. So the girls go back home and they tell their dad what happened at the well, how these shepherds were bothering them, and this man came and helped them and watered their flocks for them. So the dad said, where is this man? And so they go out and they find Moses and they bring him home to Riel. And Riel feeds him. And they're sitting around the table or sitting down, they're talking. And unfortunately, Moses begins to talk too much. And he tells Riel that he had fled from Egypt, came to the Cush, became the king there. And they sent him away with peace, honor, and gifts. As Ruel is listening to Moses, he gets afraid, thinking that maybe the Egyptians or Cush is after Moses. And so he puts Moses in jail, not just one day, but Moses is in jail for 10 whole years. 
Putting our innocent men in prison is nothing new. The Israelites have been going through this from Joseph now to Moses. He did nothing wrong. Now he's in jail for 10 years. Sisphora, the daughter of Rael, takes pity on Moses, and every day she sneaks some food and water. The Israelites at this time are still being oppressed, even more so. So Yah sends a plague to Pharaoh, and leprosy covers his entire body from the sole of his feet to the crown of his head. Yah sent the plague to him for the cruel treatment he was doing to his people. Jasher 76 and 29. To get relief, the sorcerers tell Pharaoh, This is what you do. Take the blood of the little children and put it in your wounds, and you will be healed. And Pharaoh listened to them and sent his ministers to Goshen, the children of Israel, to take their little children. Pharaoh's ministers went and took the infants of the children of Israel from the bosoms of their mothers by force. And they brought them to Pharaoh daily, a child each day. And the physicians killed them and applied them to the plague. They did this all the days. And the number of children which Pharaoh slew was 375 Hebrew babies. They've never cared about our babies. And these children's blood did not cure the leprosy from this evil Pharaoh. And no matter the plague that y'all sent on these evil, demented people, they still treated the children of Israel cruelly. The plague went on for 10 years. He didn't budge. At the end of the 10 years, y'all continued sending plagues to Egypt. He even gave the Pharaoh a bad tumor and sickness at the stomach. And then the plague turned into a severe boil. Then two of his ratchet ministers comes and tells Pharaoh, hey, Pharaoh, since you've been so sick and you've been down for you know all this time, the children of Israel, they're slacking. They're not doing their job properly. And they're taking advantage of you being sick. So Pharaoh becomes even more angrier. And he says, get me my chariot. Okay, fool, you're sick. You have leprosy. You have tumors and boils in your stomach. And you're now trying to go and chastise the Israelites some more. He hated the Israelites so much that he had to go take his sick self down there to take care of the matter. Joshua 76 and 41. And he took with him 10 horsemen and 10 footmen and went to the children of Israel to Goshen. And when they had come to the border of Mishterim, the king's horses passed into the narrow place, elevated in the hollow part of the vineyard, fenced on both sides, the low plain country being on the other side. And the horses ran rapidly to the place and pressed each other. And the other horses pressed the king's horse. And the king's horse fell into the low plain, while the king was riding upon it. When he fell, the chariot turned over the king's face and the horse lay upon the king. And the king cried out, for his flesh was very sore. Duh. And the flesh of the king was torn from him and his bones were broken. He could not ride. For this thing was from Yah to him. For Yah heard the cries of his people, the children of Israel and their affliction. And his servants carried him upon their shoulders a little at a time. And they brought him back to Mishterim. And the horsemen who were with him also came back to Mishterim, and they placed him in his bed. And the king knew that his end was come to die. After night, the queen, his woman, came and cried before the king, and the king wept a great weeping with her. And when the king saw that his sickness was greatly strengthened, he ordered his son, Adakam, to be brought to him, and they made him king over the land in his place. Moses is in jail for 10 years, the same time that Pharaoh was under this plague. A new king is now over Mishterim. Sipporah goes to a father and asks her, he says, hey, what are you doing about this Israelite that you have in jail? He's been there all this time. What are you going to do? Tisporah never told her father that every day she was taking food and water to Moses. And so she's talking to her dad saying, there's no way he could still be alive without any food or any water. We need to check on him. 
Rael says, okay, let's go check on him. And if he's alive, it's pretty much will be a miracle. And behold, they see Moses in this dungeon, standing upon his feet, praising and praying to the Yah of his ancestors. We need to get this word to our brothers and sisters in prisons now to let them know that there's a secret to get out of that dungeon. And that is praying and praising the Most High. Moses was in jail for 10 years, an innocent man. He chose to rely on the God of his ancestors, which was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Rael commanded Moses to be set free from the dungeon. They shaved him and took off his prison garments, gave him fresh clothes, and he ate bread. And it helps to have a good woman by your side, like Saporia, who was there, supported him through those difficult 10 years. After Moses ate, he went into the garden of Rael, behind the house, and prayed to Yah who had done mighty works for him, been in prison for no reason, how many of us would take the time and even have a heart of thanksgiving after being released? Help me most high. As he was praying, he saw a sapphire stick in the garden and it read, Yah Elohim Tisbaot. He plucked it and the stick was in his hand. This stick was with Yah when he created the heavens and the earth. And when Adam and Eve left the garden of Eden, Yah took the stick and tilled the ground. The stick came down to Noah and was given to Shem and his descendants until it came into the hand of Abraham, the Hebrew. Abraham gives a stick to Isaac. Isaac takes a stick with him to Goshen and gives it to Joseph. Joseph dies. The Egyptians take the stick. Then the stick comes into the hand of Rael, a descendant of Abraham and Keturah, the Midianites. Many mighty men tried to pluck the stick in order to win over to Sporia, but they couldn't. Joshua 77 and 50 says, the stick remained in the garden of Rael, until he came who had a right to it and took it. When Reel saw the stick in Moses' hand, he was astonished, like, how did he get that? But then he knew this was the man for his daughter and he gave Saporia to Moses for his woman. What the enemy means for bad, Yah turns it around for our good. 10 years is a long time, but Moses had to come to Reel to get the stick. And the time for Moses to get his people out of Egypt didn't come until after the 10 years. Dear Most High, help us to trust you through the most difficult times of our lives, just as Moses did. Where's our Moses? Saporia was a righteous woman as she walked in the ways of the daughters of Jacob. She bore two sons with Moses, Gersim, whom they did not circumcise because Royal said not to, and Eliezer, who they did circumcise. In Egypt, Pharaoh was acting a fool, increasing the labor of the Hebrews, making them find their own straw to lay the bricks. The fallen angels had showed the Egyptians how to make these buildings, but they made the Israelites do all the work. Children of Israel mourned and cried out to Yah, help us, Father, help us. And Yah heard their cries to take them out of Egypt and give them Canaan. Remember, Canaan was originally given to the children of Shem, but Ham's son, Canaan, took the land. But the lot was originally given to Shem, the Israelites, the Hebrews. Yah now appears to Moses in the burning bush that was not consumed. And Yah commanded Moses to go down to Mishram or Egypt to get his people. Yah said, all the men that wanted your life, Moses, are all dead. Speak to Pharaoh to send the children of Israel from his hand. The Pharaoh that wanted Moses dead had died from the 10 years of the plague because he refused to listen to Yah. Pharaoh's son is the king of Egypt now, and he just as crazy as his daddy. Moses tells Rael what Yah says, and Rael says, go in peace. Moses takes his woman and his two sons and head to Egypt. As they were traveling, an angel of Yah appears to kill him because 
he never circumcised his firstborn son. Moses said, my father-in-law told me not to. Tisporia sees the angel and quickly takes a sharp stone and circumcised her son and delivered her husband and her son from the hand of the angel of Yah. Yah was not planned with Moses when it comes to circumcision. And thank Yah for Sipporah who had a discerning spirit and wisdom to act quickly. All Hebrew male babies must be circumcised, period. If Moses didn't get away with it, we surely can't. Moses and his family are getting closer to Egypt and Yah is setting things in motion. Aaron is walking in Egypt and Yah tells him, go into the wilderness. And there he sees his brother and his family. Aaron kisses his brother. They have not seen each other in so long and he meets his family. They're so happy to see one another. But Aaron tells Moses, I'm sorry, brother, but we have a job to do. It's time to set it off. Tell your wife and your children to go back to her father's house until we get our people out of this place. And that's what Moses did. He sent Sipporah and his two boys back to her father's house. Then Moses immediately speaks to the children of Israel, telling them what y'all told him. And they all rejoiced. They didn't waste any time. The next morning, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh's house. When they got to the house, they saw all these lions in the way, guarding the entry. Moses lifted up his stick and the lions were loose and were full of joy and followed them around as a pet, like a dog. Pharaoh was astonished to see his lions following Moses and Aaron around as if they were Moses and Aaron's pets. But he was even more terrified when he looked upon the face of Moses and Aaron because he saw the appearance of Yah. Pharaoh now does what he does best. He calls his magicians, his sorcerer, Balaam, Moses' nemesis. Surely Balaam can confront and combat Moses, so he thinks. Moses throws his rod out. It turns into a serpent. Balaam says, oh, whatever, we can do the same. And they did. But Moses' serpents swallowed up Balaam's serpents. And Balaam was like, oh, that's just what animals do. So the serpents were all restored to rods. Balaam said, if the rod swallows the other rods, then we will know the holy Ruach is with you. And when they restored their rods, the rod of Aaron swallowed up Balaam's rods. Pharaoh looked in his records and said, who is the God of Moses and Aaron? I can't find him. Moses tells Pharaoh, Yah says, let my people go. Send us that we may make a three-day journey in the wilderness to offer our sacrifice to Yah. The more Moses talked, the angrier Pharaoh became. He sent Moses and Aaron away and ordered more severe labor to be put on the children of Israel. Moses cried out to Yah. He says, you brought me here to help my people. Yah tells Moses, don't worry. At the end of two whole years, Yah sends Moses back to Pharaoh's house to bring the Hebrews out of Egypt. Two more years? Really? Pharaoh said no, and more plagues began. Pharaoh's father went through 10 years of plagues, and now his son is making the same mistakes. The mistakes you don't learn from in your past, you will repeat. The Egyptians are now drinking water, going about their day, and the water turns to blood. All the waters brought forth frogs and came into all the houses of Egypt. When they drank, their bellies were filled with frogs and danced in their bellies, drinking water, cooking water, and even their perspiration from their head turned into frogs. All the dust turned to lice, a height of two cubits, about three feet. All kinds of beasts came, serpents, scorpions, mice, weasels, toads, flies, hornets, 
fleas, bugs, gnats, different swarms, all reptiles and winged animals. And when the Egyptians tried to hide from the hornet and other beasts, Yah ordered a sea creature to go into Egypt. They went on the rooftops, cut through, and stretched forth their arm into the house, and removed the lock and the bolts, and opened the houses of Egypt. Pestilence came to destroy the cattle and their animals. A burning inflammation of the flesh hit all the Egyptians, which burst their skin with severe itching from the soles of their feet to the tops of their head. Many boils were in their flesh. Heavy hail broke all their fruit trees and dried up their trees. Four different locusts were sent, and it devoured everything that the hail left remaining. The Egyptians were hungry, so they took the locusts, sautéed them, and ate them. But Yah sent a mighty wind and took all the locusts away. Then darkness fell for three days, so dark that people could not see their hand. And no matter where they were, standing, sitting down, or lying down, they could not move. It was so dark. At that time, darkness covered Egypt for three days. But many Israelites died because they did not listen to Moses and Aaron and did not believe Yah had sent them. They were like, we're not going into the wilderness with you guys to die of hunger. All the Israelites who did not believe, Israel had to bury them because they refused to listen to Yah. And Egypt had no clue about the burials. Will our people ever learn to cut the ties of Egypt and follow Yah? Jasher 80 and 41. And the days of darkness passed away. And Yah sent Moses and Aaron to the children of Israel, saying, Celebrate your feast and make your Passover. For behold, I come in the midst of the night amongst all the Egyptians, and I will smite their firstborn, from the firstborn of a man to the firstborn of a beast. When I see your Passover, I will pass over you. That night, the Egyptians reaped what they had sowed for so many years over the Israelites. All the firstborn of Egypt were killed, including the firstborn of the beast. The people began to cry as every house had a dead corpse. Even the carvings of the firstborn on the walls fell to the ground. The firstborn who died prior to this night, the dogs dug up their graves and the bones were dragged before the Egyptians. The Egyptians had finally reaped what they had sown, killing human babies as genocide, placing children in the place of bricks, and taking their blood to try to heal a pagan king. And Pharaoh finally let the people of Israel go. And the Egyptians sent them away with great riches, sheep, and oxen, according to the oath of Yah and their father Abraham. Moses quickly got the coffin of Joseph and took it with him. And each tribe brought their father's coffin with them. They hurried up to get out of Egypt as fast as they could. Some of the nobles of Egypt tried to stop the Israelites from leaving, but the Israelites gave them a good beat down and it got back to Pharaoh. And he said, no way, make them come back now. Boy, bye. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. They are jetting out of there. The Israelites are on the move and lo and behold, they see the Egyptians coming. They start to panic. So the children of Israel divide themselves in four groups. And Moses spoke to each of them. Reuben, Simeon, and Issachar were the first group. And they said, let's just jump into the sea. The second group, Zebulon, Benjamin, and Naphtali says, let's just go back to Egypt. The third group, Judah, that's us, and Joseph said, we will go and fight those Egyptians. They had had enough. And the last group, Levi, Gad, and Asher says, we would just go and confuse them. But Moses said, Stand in your places, and y'all will fight for you. And y'all tells Moses, don't you cry. Speak to the children of Israel, and they shall proceed forward. 
Stretch out your rod upon the sea. That stick that he had from rule, from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, stretch forth that stick, that rod toward the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall pass through. And Moses did so. He lifted up his rod upon the sea and divided it. And the waters of the sea were divided into 12 parts. And the children of Israel passed through on foot with shoes as a man would pass through on a prepared road. And Yah manifested to the children of Israel his wonders in Egypt and in the sea by the hand of Moses and Aaron. And when the children of Israel had entered the sea, Egypt came after them, but the waters of the sea resumed upon them and they all sank in the water. And no one was left standing except Pharaoh, who eventually gave thanks to Yah and believed in him. And Yah caused him not to perish at that time. On the day Yah saved Israel from the hand of Egypt or Mishterim, and all the children of Israel saw that the Egyptians had perished, and they beheld the great hand of Yah, and what he had performed in Mishterim or Egypt and in the sea. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel a song unto Yah. On that day when Yah caused the Egyptians to fall before them, and all Israel sang in concert, saying, I will sing to Yah, for he is greatly exalted. The horse and his rider has he cast into the sea. Behold, it is written in the sefer of the Torah of Yah. The Israelites were delivered from Egypt by the hand of Yah through the obedience of Moses and his brother Aaron. Let's trust Yah and believe that he will do the same for us, that every injustice will be vindicated, every debt owed to us will be paid, and all of us, Judah and the Israelites, will turn our hearts back to Yah for all that we need. America, China, Russia, Israel, and to all the nations of the world, let the children of the Most High go. Let Yah's people go. The longer you wait, the more the plagues will come. Judah and Israel, stay inside, pray, read the scriptures, and wait on Yah for your next move. As we seek truth, seek truth with us. Please send questions or comments to info at truthwars.com or comment here. We don't claim to know everything, but we seek the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who knows everything. Let truth roar, let truth reign, let truth speak, and let truth set you free. Truth roars, truth reigns, truth speaks, truth sets me free. Please see I podcast disclaimer at truthwars.com.